Hey, Decadent Ray of the Divine. Andy Murphy, hostess of your Cosmic Mama podcast here with episode 23. 23, y'all. And I've had this episode ready for you for a little bit, but I kept playing with the name. Because at one point, I was calling it Resilience. And then I'm like, wait, wait, that's not right. Sophisticated Shadow Work. And then I laughed at myself. I'm like, look, we are not sophisticated. We are punk rock. We are playing and delighting and dancing and challenging and questioning everything through this awakening process. So Punk Rock Shadow Work is here for you with my sweet, dear friend, Nicole BZ. Inside, we're going to tackle a few things, but it's this idea of breaking. It is, of course, about resilience and how we come back from these things. But I think, oh my God, how to sit the fuck in it when we don't want to sit in it is going to be one of the tools that I found the most beneficial inside. So you may have your shadow work techniques. You may know how to get in there. But Nicole, not only is she rad and amazing and funny and irreverent, she's also a coach. So she's got other tools that were new to me, which is where this conversation began. So would you go ahead and get some flames ready? (laughs) Light a bowl, light a candle, light a joint, grab a cup of something warm and let yourself move into the otherworldly spaces of shadow work that doesn't have to be so dang uncomfortable. See you inside. Hey, y'all. Uh, so we're doing spontaneous little Cosmic Mama podcast today because I was talking with my dear friend and business coach, Nicole BZ, and I'm like, fuck, lady, we should just be recording this for a podcast. And she's like, I've got a meeting. And I said, if the meeting cancels, let me know. Dun, dun, dun. So here we are. Um, so Nicole, thanks for being here with us and hanging out because you had such beneficial things to say. I didn't feel like it was just for me. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, but also, uh, honor the fact that you invited that conversation. We're also willing to hear what I have to say because sometimes it can feel a little challenging. (laughs) (laughs) Double projectors over here. So babies, I want you to light a bowl, light a joint, whatever you need to do to get into some sacred space. We're going to set some sacred space here for us today. To give all of us a sweet moment to tap into everything's okay. Give yourself a sweet moment to remember there's something beyond this that you cannot see yet. Deepening your breath. Ah, deep into the bowels where you can give yourself more love too. Let yourself move out of whatever worries, frustrations, stresses. Hand them back over to the gods and goddesses. And as you hand over your worries, your places of constraint, contraction, ask the divine to fill you. 
to fill you in the here and now to meet you exactly the fuck as you are Welcome, my loves. Cosmic Stardust that you are doing such a fucking good job out there. So I love that Nicole called me this morning because it was, uh, well, Nicole didn't really call me. She texted me. And then uh, this is how she, this fucking Taurus does it, right? I'm going to text you and then you're going to call me. So I called her dutifully without realizing that's what I was doing. <laughs> okay, I called you in. <laughs> I'm summoning you with a text and you will respond. <laughs> Um, so Nicole, can we back up to where we were a little bit playing with this idea of, uh, and the way that Nicole said it was so beautiful. She's like, I thought everybody knew this. Well, I didn't even know this. So let's talk about this idea of breaking, shall we? And I'm just going to throw you right the heck in there, mama. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, far out if we haven't all hit a breaking point, felt like we were broken and been incredibly challenged by all of the lessons and learnings the universe is making available to us. And something that I very much lean into um, as someone who has fallen flat on my face many, many times in front of large audiences to be pointed and laughed at and simply <laughs> stand up and brush myself off and do it again, really, really <laughs> Um, You know, it's it's always darkest before dawn. And I think I, I certainly like to sit in that fear and in my triggers to the point where they start to transmute into trust. I've done this a lot and potentially in many, many lifetimes. And I know that the harder it gets and the louder my ego and my brain and my stories become, the closer I am. And when I can let those stories go, I am able to see around that corner. And, you know, if you think about our spiralic experience, we're always kind of rounding a bend and we can't really see what's coming up next. And mm. it's that resistance to progress, to moving forward that keeps us in the pain or suffering that we might be feeling. So, you know, the more I'm triggered, the more it's everybody else's fault, the more irritated. <laughs> pissed off that I get. I'm learning uh, through exploring that and really asking myself, like, why am I making this all about me? Where, where was the broken or the breaking point that I ran past and completely wow. ignored? Um, generally in my own self-care and, you know, we were talking about this over the weekend, our own practices. What did I let go in order to cross this boundary that is now um, becoming oh, you know, incredibly clear? Um, and it, you know, what I like about that is as the control freak that I can be, it, it does give me my power back because it makes the challenge my own. The boundary does? Um, just saying, uh, I did this. This is mine. This actually has nothing to do with everybody that I am blaming <laughs> or, or all of the circumstances I am blaming or, you know, so I think some of us, especially in the spiritual community can, um, can say, like I created this current reality I'm living in. So this is all my fault. And 
I think we have to be really careful with that because I do watch in this, and I'm going to say there's a new age and there's a new consciousness. Yeah. There's yeah. this evolution and then there's the new age. And the new yeah. age, I'm just going to say, is kind of what uh, an older generation has been doing. Yep. That when we get into a place of, well, you created it, mm -hmm. it's really fucking cruel and punishing. And even though as creators we may have, that is not... Mm, it's really hard to learn with that burden of you created this upon us. Is that okay to say? Oh, I completely agree with you. I, I think we're all perfect energy beings exactly where we're meant to be. Oh, so, sing it, sister. That is when I, you know, when I'm, you know, sitting on the floor, ugly crying. <laughs> it's like, I can't see around the corner right now. I can't see around the bend. This you know, with time, with perspective. Um, sorry, my screen, screen just went to sleep. Can you still hear me? I can still hear oh, you. Yeah, good. screens good. be banged. It's um, so I can't see around the bend, but I, if I can sit in this knowing this is actually exactly what's meant to be happening. And it's only the resistance, the story I'm telling myself that's mm. making it hard. That's not to say it's not going to be painful. Um, but through that trust, which might not necessarily be believing in the moment, but just having repeated that process enough times now, it's like, I know with quote unquote time, I can look back on this moment and there will be lessons, there will be learnings. I might not even know what that is yet. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And I love that you added, uh, I want to be careful with time because yeah, we'll play with that later. The more we do these practices, the more we can trust them. So if it is very new for you, you don't have any frame of reference that this is good and it's going to work. So if you're in a place where you're like, fuck, 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 and everything just sucks, it's much easier to want to tap out. And uh, I, Nicole, am in this place where the breaking that I did this weekend, um, because we are in this time of Scorpio, we are in this time of Mars and Mercury retrograde, we are right at the Samhain threshold. I broke something so big um, that everything in me is questioning if I did the right thing or not. So it felt so scary. And I had four days four fucking days to sit in it where I'm like, I could stop that from happening. I could change that. And watching how my ego mm. danced every which story. Um, so that by yesterday, day number four, I called a girlfriend and I just, I'm like, tell me I did the right thing because I don't have the perspective or the faith right now. So talking to you this morning, it was so helpful. Talking with you now is so helpful that that... The bigger the break, the better the prize, maybe? Is that kind of what's going on? Yes, 1,000%. And you know because your brain, which was part of this spacesuit, our souls have been invited into for this particular experience, has separates us. It isolates us. It tells us you're alone. It tells us you're doing it wrong because it's part of this very old paradigm. And you know, because it hurts, it tells you things that hurt oh. your feelings. And yeah, I wrote down yesterday, like I had to anchor. So, yeah. um, and just know like y'all in my process, I write things down to remind myself. 
Um, and I said, the breaking is because you've never done this. You're doing something so new. This is why it hurts so bad. Um, the other thing that I had to write down was I can't fuck up destiny. <laughs> whatever is meant to be will be. I can't fuck it up regardless of whatever actions I need to take right now to protect myself because I have never taken those actions in this life, in this body. And y'all, can we just witness Andy who so <laughs> magically jumps from full vulnerability and opening to learning and then like this high priestess teaching, holding space, providing us with the tools and skills that we need. It's, it never ceases to amaze me because um, those are not easy roles to jump between. Uh, so thank you, Andy. <laughs> uh, you're incredibly sweet. I don't know another way to be. Like, I am not sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, honesty is both my best and worst quality. So I just call it how I see it. Oh, fuck. I love you for that. Um, And I love you for not being sweet. I love you for being so honest and real. Um, And I want to go back to this place because uh, we have, I have, let me own this for me. I have thought about a podcast with you for some time and what we would kind of play with so to be here with you now oh fuck yeah here's our window huh so your ability to sit in the fear and the triggers and you actually use the words fall flat on my face yeah would you talk to me about uh where some of this courage came from because you had to face death so early oh okay we're going oh okay Oh, uh, little mama over here. I've got my little fucking ticker board in my head of like, when we talk, this is what we talk about. Right. Um, I was, you know, I was going to talk about all the, the massive failings I've had at work, but we'll, we'll go, we'll go right. I don't know. I need you to go back to that first one because I think in my, uh, mythology of Nicole Beasy, those early experiences created such a fierceness, warrior-like energy that you can confront anything that I'm always in admiration of you. Thank you. Um, and I, I'm going to preface this story with it being a story. I don't know how this experience shows up in the other people who shared it with me, but it's my truth. And that truth has given me a lot of doubt over the years because when I was, I'm going to say 14, my, uh, Dad picked me up from school. I had been getting nosebleeds like all the time, um, which is really amazing when you're 14 and in eighth grade. Um, Sorry, I'm I'm trying to drink and I almost spit everything yeah. out. Which is, uh, both messy to clean up on many yeah, levels. That would have been, you know, first experience was like oh. horrifying puberty. Um, oh. But then, so my dad picks me up from school, and this is a man who. I would get sent home from school by teachers saying, you should not be here. This is borderline child abuse. So my father comes <gasps> to pick me up to take me back to the doctor. And in that moment, I knew everything in my life was changing. I would be okay, but I was completely on my own. And so it was a long time of unlearning this, like being alone. Um, it's choice really. And spent the next six months um, getting MRIs fully fully inside the machine. So I would go in head first. Um, and at the time was, you know, kind of 
the, getting PET scans and they didn't know a lot about this technology. So I would be in these machines for entire days and um, they thought I had MS, they thought I had um, muscular dystrophy. The, the way that my illness was presenting was unknown. Uh, and I was told that I was going to die. I was, um, you know, and, and I was hearing the, the grown-ups and the doctors talk around me because no one would actually be direct huh. uh, and watching my parents just completely dissolve. Um, and then, you know, well, yeah. Uh, Did you have a concept of death before you had to face yours? Like, had you I mean, lost anyone close to you? Like, I was, you know, I was kind of a raging nerd. No surprise there. So I was like playing with Barbies, not actual Barbies, but because I wasn't allowed to play with Barbies. But like, you know, I'd have some like hodgepodge, like G.I. Joe and some Barbie and like a My Little Pony. And, I, you know, I was. a You were really in your innocence. Yeah. Okay. So no, um, I, I mean, I had experienced death from the perspective of a child there were people in my life that were no longer and that was sad but i you know i didn't my parents were hardcore atheists i didn't grow up in a religious family so no it wasn't something i had pondered at length until i thought for a good um year that that's that was what was happening to me uh and so yeah i had brain cancer um and once that diagnosis came about it took about six months to get there of going to the hospital almost every day being tested um being told that I wouldn't be able to go back to school I couldn't go outside all those fun things um and it was actually right around my birthday which was the first of May uh that I got the diagnosis um which was I had a a, an autopsy or not an autopsy a biopsy (laughs) Wow. Talk about peeking through the veils, huh? (laughs) I went in for a surgery. um, And then 10 days later, I went in for major brain surgery where, and and none of this was explained to me. I basically woke up, I don't know, a week or two after the surgery uh, with no hair, um, (gasps) halo. So they had put one of those metal frames. And I remember touching my face and there were staples in it. And I asked why my face had staples and my mom said the good news is is the doctors think this might be worth it so they peeled your face off (gasps) so that they didn't have to do the scar across your forehead but that's a really great sign and I was like yeah that's those are the kinds of things that would have been useful to know um wow so there's no consent there's no conversation with you there's no preparation there is just uh, thank you. May I ask, and if it's too sensitive, did it feel like a violation? I, um, it felt like I was being lied to over and over and over again. And, you know, there's probably a reason that honesty is my best and worst quality. Um, I'm not wild about dishonesty. Uh, but there was lots of unpacking that occurred later on. Um, and so, uh, I don't know that I would use the term violated. Okay. It definitely felt so I felt I felt like I'd been abandoned. So all of the all of all of the knowledge keepers, shall we say, in my childhood existence suddenly became obsolete. Spot, yeah. Yeah. So the grown-ups, the doctors, my parents, all of the adults, my teachers, all of these people who were kind of, you know, supposed to be quote unquote in charge. I've suddenly realized I'm stronger than you. I'm smarter than you. Um, and you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, but you keep talking. 
so that, you know, I became in that moment in, independent um, and have never really looked to anyone to fulfill my needs as a result. And obviously I made it. <laughs> it works. It, uh, yeah. And I, you know, I got through and there was some, there was definitely some scary moments in the years that followed. Um, and, and then there was a lot of anger and a lot of resentment and uh, a lot of numbing. Um, numbing. I think that's my favorite, uh, my favorite, least favorite attribute of myself. I'm very good at numbing. Well, I'm going to earmark that and circle back to it because I think it can be a useful tool when consciously engaged. Ooh, Um, yeah. Not, you know, again, we're just avoiding, we're just sort of uh, compounding what needs to be addressed when we're numbing unconsciously. And, you know, someone who's 17, 18, 25, 30, the unconscious numbing is, was certainly my go-to. Um. My, I guess the good news is, is having been raised by someone, you know, who was not born in this country and who used their work ethic and their education to create their own opportunities. My father, uh, my number one coping mechanism is work. And um, so, yeah, I threw myself into work, was working full time while going to university. And also that it, it enabled me to access therapy and started, you know, both psychotherapy and, um, you know, antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications and luckily moved to a country that has a public health care system. So I was able to access not just, you know, your more sort of Western medical sciences, but also Eastern medical. Where'd you go? Australia. Okay. And so that's really where I started. Um, I found a kinesiologist, which in the United States, I haven't found that kinesiology is the same practice. Uh, no, it's here. It's, it's like, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's like it's jockey really here, medical. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, there. Um, and there is, there, there is, there is that style of kinesiology here, but I just, I think we use a different word for it. Um, and I don't know what that word is, but uh, this, so this was a, this was an energy worker. Um, I didn't know that at the time, you know, I just kind of was looking for anything that could help and support and talk therapy for anyone who's been through it. You know, at some point you just end up repeating yourself over and over again. Um, I think the best thing I ever heard about talk therapy was from a Buddhist teacher. And he said, it's just rearranging the furniture in the room over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Some people that that works and that's, you know, all they need is, is, is that opportunity um, to talk And I, you know, I just got, I get very bored with repeating myself. And I remember walking into my therapist's living room and being like, I'm seriously not having this conversation again. No, No. and I, I, in the days that I was practicing, whenever I would do Akashic readings, it could turn into therapy very quickly. It could cycle into these same things. Uh, But anytime that you're adding that energy work component, we're fucking moving this out. Like you are done. If you choose to engage again, you must know that is your choice and you like get something fresh out of it, but you don't have to keep cycling. Yes. 1000%. And thank you for, for sharing that as well. So because I wasn't great with authority, I wasn't great with working for other people. And so, uh, although I've had amazing experiences and credit, you know, the leaders and bosses that I've had, 
um, mainly for putting up with my fucking attitude. I would have fired me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I started my first business when I was 23 in a different country. Um, so there was a lot of falling flat on my face. It's funny. I remember. So I worked in the music industry for a long time and I met one of the people I had really looked up to and modeled my career. Quote Are you going to give us a hint? Off. Oh, I don't know. I mean, this is just a big manager um, in Australia. And okay. I had sent him my bands. I, I had started a record label and a recording studio. And so I sent him, you know, a sampler of all the artists we were working with. And he told me, you know, five years later when I was working with him, um, he's like, oh, do you know I totally frisbeed your promo pack literally out the office window? <laughs> it's like amazing. Thanks. Um, so yeah, so you know, fun fun experiences like that of just completely, uh, just being completely laughable in my approach and and the way I was trying to build and um, connect and yeah, I I learned um, I learned a lot in Austin. So I think I. I- um, I love that you like you let that be the setup to your story. I might hello fucking shaman over here might still have more questions. Oh yeah, um, go on. Was there an existential crisis or a connection with spirit while you were going through literally facing death? Like, what was there a spiritual awakening that happened in there, or was it just on a physical level a teaching in that way? I can remember sitting with my best friend on a hammock we were refusing to sleep inside the house um and she volunteered to shave her head so that i wouldn't be the only one with no hair and i remember like being like that's stupid why would two of us be ugly uh and because yeah I, i i was pretty pretty hard to be around for a long time um and in that moment i had that capital k knowing and it gave me that resonant frequency. I don't feel that. Well, I haven't felt that often uh, in my life. It's it's becoming increasingly so. But once I experienced that, it gave me that compass point to know. That's what I wondered. Yeah. Um, this is a yes, even though everything else suggests otherwise. And so like, uh, yes. And, and did I have that awareness at 15? No, um, but I I knew without a doubt I was going to be fine, and I just wished everyone around me wasn't so fucking stupid. And I spent a really long time <laughs> in that story. Well, but you um, and I had it's funny I had this on my notes today as I sat down to work. We have to show them how we have to break the patterns they didn't have the courage to break. This is what I was writing about me and my mom. Um, all of her fears were passed on to me. I have to show her how to hack it because I'm the fucking goddess here. (laughs) So you had to show them how to navigate through the fear of death then. And I'm still showing them that just for the record. Uh, Does anybody still treat you like you're broken or fragile because of this? Oh, I mean, my parents, 1000, not because of this. But because I've never, um, I've never fit, you know, the quote unquote mold and the mold is just so much safer. Everything, our, you know, entire world, society, structures, culture is built around fitting the mold. And so not only did this experience spark my 
uh, mm -hmm. 180 degree shift and refusal to ever fit in any mold, even if it might actually be somewhat useful in some instances. Um, yeah, my parents, you know, my, every time I talk to my dad, he asks me when I'm going to get a real job. <gasps> wow. Wow. I learned though, and you know, this experience taught me that everyone's just doing their best. And what my parents are saying is we love you and we'd really like for you to have an easy, safe life. And based on our definitions of that, you can't have that. So what they're saying is we love you <laughs> and we want the best for you. Um, but they aren't um, the words. <laughs> and I love how this all just kind of comes together here too, because we're talking today about breaking mm -hmm. and the necessity of sitting in that. And here you're talking about breaking the mold. No one, and I had this realization the other day as I was sitting at my altar, uh, one of my altars, uh, doing my daily prayers. Nobody's fucking shown me how to do what I do. No one has shown you how to do what you do. No one is showing Nicole how, like, no one is going to fucking show you. So however you do it is right. Mm. Because we're breaking something. If you do what is comfortable, if I followed the path, can I just say this? My parents thought I would be a great engineer. That was always their drive for me. Um, last night as I was in my breaking and I look, at, my parents look at me and they're like, we don't understand why you don't do good in relationships. And I sat down last night and just journaled on, here were my models of relationships. None of them was a man strong, kind, good, or equal. No model that I had growing up. So sorry, side note on that. But this idea of breaking, we're breaking the fucking mold because the molds that have been passed down to us in the for form of karma, in the form of patterning, they don't fucking work. Did you have good role models for relationships? Uh, I will say that my parents' marriage is incredibly solid. They are incredibly codependent. My dad's a pretty hardcore narcissist, and I don't use that term lightly. But my mother always raised me to see, you know, I look at it like um, the Greek mythology, like his ability to be so dedicated to his work and so brilliant <laughs> comes at the cost of emotions and other people. <laughs> yeah. Um. They, you know, they lived very, very independent lives. So my mother very, uh, you know, she was one of those women that had always wanted to get married and have kids. And that truly fulfills her. And I love her dearly for that. Uh, I don't understand it for one second, but that's okay. Like uh. I don't have to, and I don't, you know, the way I would live I, my life is just so wildly in opposition to my parents and I can witness that now without judgment nor being yeah. triggered. And let me like asterisks. I had to live overseas in a different hemisphere for 10 years to get there. <laughs> like yeah. that's what it took to really cut those codependent cords and get out of that enmeshment. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, it, was it easy? No. Were there lots of fights? Yes. Uh, would, are my parents happy about that? No. <laughs> Is that okay? Yes. So yeah, there's uh, this, I, you know, we're talking about breaking, like breaking your dependence on other people's validation, on meeting other people's expectations. That's breaking everything you've ever been taught. And 
every time I hurt someone's feelings, which is on a daily basis, uh, there's. Wait, there's, are you really telling me you hurt somebody's feelings every fucking day, lady? Yeah, I do. Um, do you? I, I yeah, because huh. you know, go back to that whole. Because you're honest. Thing. Yeah, and people don't know what to do with that. No, and you know, it it usually shows up in me asking why they're asking that question to get them to not get them to invite them <laughs> into their judgment. Um, you know, I, I gave up trying to make people happy a really long time ago uh, and have been um, not the best at holding that space. You know, definitely the defenses come up. Uh, you'll hear me often say, I don't explain myself. So I, you know, I, I do a lot of different client work uh, in, in my different businesses and yeah, there's, People think that their needs or their values supersede my needs or my values. And, you know, this is, it's funny. I was thinking about like why business coaching, why not personal coaching? I love the challenge in that business. We are often confronted with our triggers and we can't run away from them. Where in our personal life, I encourage you to create the structure and the support systems and choose your environments to very much reflect what's important to you. In business, we don't get to do that. (laughs) No. Oh, Nicole, it's just the way that you say it. In business, I'm going to confront it and uh, I'm going to be more victorious than I will in personal because that is too personal. Mm -hmm. Huh. That's fucking good, lady. Um. I want to just wind up this uh, relationship piece because I didn't mean to drop it in so big, but I think the realization that I'm having is none of us, uh, respectfully, few of us had role models for the type of relationship that I want to be in. And that realization, like I was uh, crying as I was journaling about it. And then I called my daughter up and I looked at her and I'm like, I'm so sorry that I haven't shown you how to be better. And I said, do you have examples that really uh, feel right to you? And she was able to name three or four other couples, which is great. Holla fucking Luya, we've got it. But I haven't been able to show that to her because I'm still breaking. Well, I mean, firstly, it's amazing that you've given your daughter the wherewithal to use multiple examples. I think (laughs) I apologize in advance for hurting someone's feelings, but like, your parents' example is just one. And yep. sorry if this is the first you've heard of it, but all of our families are dysfunctional. You yep. are going to fuck your kids up. They are yep. going to therapy because of you. And like, yep. so we go. <laughs> um, yeah. I never saw my parents fight. My brother spent, you know, he's in couple counseling with every girlfriend he's had because he doesn't know how to fight. Huh. Um, so, you know, my parents are like obscenely codependent and it works amazingly for them. Uh, I've struggled in every relationship that I've had because it's never occurred to me that that should be a priority of mine. Work is always my priority. Um, and that I also don't fight. I, you know, if I get pushed too far, I call a timeout and I, you know, crawl back into my little cancer moon shell and go into hibernation until I'm ready. It's incredibly selfish. That's not. Uh, I don't think it is. Hold on one second. Okay. I'm, I'm going to fucking straighten that out because I was in this situation last week. Attachment theory, I am a very (laughs) anxious preoccupied. Uh, Last week, I was talking with a friend who is anxious preoccupied, 
And I behaved as the avoidant and I got to play out both of them. Um, So in those moments, Cancer Moon, me too, I am going to retreat as an act of protection. Um, And I recognize the other person is just seeking the intimacy, the validation, tell me everything's okay. And I'm like, I'm going to hurt you if I don't back away. So I think in our Cancer Moon, because we can hit below the belt. I don't know if you know this about cancer. um, We we will go for the fucking jugular. And I felt myself, uh, (laughs) my fucking Leo Mars, I felt this fucking rage coming up. And I'm like, I need to back out before I'm more harmful. So our retreat is an act of protection for others. I just want to put that in there. It's not selfish. Well, firstly, I think selfish is an amazing thing. And <laughs> I love I you. Everyone to embrace their selfish <laughs> self, you know, self-centered putting center for herself. I love self-centered. I am a huge yeah. fucking fan of self-centered. And I'm reclaiming selfish for all, all the boss bees out there. Um, so I, yeah, I, but, I've had, you know, there is something in, in to your point, not going for the jugular for taking yourself out. Um, It wasn't until recently that I would put myself back in the fight, (laughs) would get back in the ring. Um, I would just, you know, tell myself my little uh, soapbox story about how um, enlightened I am and how uh, asleep they are. So. um, Um, I need to just say one thing publicly because this is a public Uh, My parents have been together since they were 14. My parents, uh, I think the model of relationship that they showed me was hmm, we stick it out. Yeah. Not necessarily romantic or joyous or uh, working it out. We stick it out. Um, so that's what I'm unraveling for me right now without divulging more about where I am or where they are. But, you know, they have by many standards, a successful relationship. They've been together for almost fucking 50 years. Yes. And they've never dated anybody else. Yes. They have never matured past 14 yet. Like there's other fucking things that go along with that. But I can remember as a teenager, other friends looking at my parents and being like, it's amazing that they're still, you know, together and happy. Well, you know, we can question happiness with greater okay i'm fucking done with that relationship piece thank you for going there of course tell us teach us how to sit in that fear and trigger amazing because that's what i was like let's let's revisit the earmark uh so i love did we really just both like i literally have that earmark okay i love we're cute Mm -hmm. um there's Again, you are exactly where you need to be. You are a perfect energy being. And if there's an experience that is no longer serving you, that's the opportunity right now. And that is from someone who used to be a super hardcore pessimist. I, I, it like makes me cringe to talk like that. Believe me, you, uh, the reason that we're feeling the pain, we're feeling the suffering, um, is that we need to be taken care of. And for most of our lives, we've externalized that fulfillment. And so the first question is, what do I need most in this moment? And what would shift if I could give, if I could give myself that without judgment? Ooh, lady, because that's exactly what I was writing down. How do I sit in it without feeling like I'm wallowing in it? Wallow? Like, that's 
you know, it's like what we were talking about before. Actually, I don't know. If, remember if that was this conversation but like I get sick of hearing myself talk like when I truly embrace that pain like I I get sick of it and this is a trust exercise this doesn't happen immediately but you know let stay in it and and you can like, I used to have to put a timer on when I still believed in time um and say like for the next I mean it started with you know weeks and um it's there you know there have been when I was in my full-blown depression, I wouldn't get out of bed for three or four weeks. I could do that because I worked for myself. I had created this amazing little insular structural system that um, I, I, you know, I could take my mental health months. Uh, and you, yeah, you sit in it until you get sick of it, until you're ready mm -hmm. to shift. And that's because, you know, again, I learned no one, no one can fix this. No one, I mean, originally the line was no one can help me. Yeah, um, there is no one to support me, to give me what I need, you know, to pay my bills, um, to feed me. <laughs> you know, I didn't at the time didn't have a connection or was was blatantly ignoring any connection available from my guides. Um, and so learning how to help myself and then the next level of help myself without judgment. That is the fastest way to at least shift out of that you know, and I, I don't use this word lightly, but that victim space of poor me, there's nothing wrong with that. You're not broken. Um, and some of us, you know, and I apologize for if I haven't been inclusive or uh, addressed some of the deep trauma that I know many of us have experienced either in this lifetime or previously. Um, so this is not a simple overnight process. No. You know, it's taken me 15 years. And like I said, what's something that would have taken me three months to process truly does now take a matter of hours, if mm. not less than that. Um, it's, it's pretty startling how when you just ask yourself, what do I need? And how can I give that to myself without judgment? <gasps> Practicing that uh, will transmute that fear into trust faster and faster. Fuck lady. Um, I, I will hearken what Nicole is saying that uh, last week I had an instance of deep, deep pain, uh, grief. Oh, Nicole, you haven't heard this grief. So fucking bad. I have busted two water pipes in my house within a month. Whoa. My tears have like, uh, they're overflowing <laughs> clearly. Um, so I'm in that place of recognizing something is breaking and trying to cheer myself on. Um Fuck. What was I going to say about that? Uh, the water pipe busting. Oh, while I was in that deep, deep pain place and somebody said, yeah, healing takes time. And I'm like, fuck that. What's happening right now is we're healing at such a rapid pace. It hurts more. I am living a fucking week in a day. I am living a year in a week. There is so many layers to what we are doing right now, both here at the physical, both at the ancestral family lineage level, like it's insane what we are busting right now. So in this place of tenderness and in this place of, we can get through a fuck ton if you're willing to sit in it. And that's kind of where I landed last night. I didn't plan on doing that work last night. It showed up and I remember like sitting here in my living room, journaling and crying for like three hours and just kind of dazed because 
that wasn't on my agenda. I wasn't, I wasn't aiming for that. That opened, I sat in it. It's moving a ton of stuff. But with the, without the judgment, I think is the tricky part for a lot of us, Nicole. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, and this is where I'll circle back as well to the numbing out. Okay, great. I need to put in one thing here first, because this is the other thing that I need to, uh, that I keep asking whenever I do get into that place of like such pain that I'm just crying and don't know what to do. My question that keeps coming up is who's the one in pain and what does she need? Perfect. Um, because if I just have it as like an I, 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 it's a little bit, uh, more, complicated and convoluted if i can identify this one inside of me who is just fucking beside herself with grief and unworthiness and pain um it gets a little bit easier because then i can identify her and uh so i i want to not make it a separation of self but a recognition of the aspects of self so that we can heal and address things well and what a brilliant tool you've just offered andy because what I'm hearing is that's pain resurfacing. I mean, especially during these retrogrades, right? Because a a previous version of ourselves didn't get the love and attention and healing that they needed in that moment. Oh, Nicole, I didn't know it was that. And now with the experience that you bring, you can offer that love and attention to yourself. Self-healing, right? (laughs) But, you know, on all of the timelines, on all of the planes of existence, that's, you know, like people call it like inner child work. For me, it's just like, let's call it selfish work. But, you know. um, And it's multidimensional because there is another aspect of me who's still running around with this wound, really uh, messy and gaping over there. (laughs) There's there's another aspect of yourself that made a different choice in a different moment and is now also dealing with those consequences. (sighs) And that, um, that is also, you know, you're feeling that too. And as we all know, we're also feeling the collective's choices and, and the experiences the collective is offering and sharing. And okay. I'm so good. Fucking let's go to numbing. Cause numbing is, uh, oh, I'm an yeah. expert in numbing. Go there. Uh-huh. Please. So, uh, it's exhausting. We <laughs> <laughs> have lives to lead. You know, you need to step into the role of mother, um, guide, teacher, priestess, woman, lover, secretary, worker, secretary, worker, as I fucking sit here doing driver, like a citizen, community member. So, you know, I think it's commonly referred to as compartmentalizing, but it's okay to take the pain consciously and say, I'm setting you aside for the moment and I will come back to you, but it's too much or it's not a time that I can totally go there. Just make sure that you pull that box off the shelf. And Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you have any good tricks for earmarking the pain to come back to? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I, for me, um, compartmentalizing is, is a skill that I've developed quite well. Uh, it's a masculine thing. I mean, that's what a masculine brain does. Feminine brain, Um, not so much. Well, and so that's, you know, the first question is what can I, what can I give myself in this moment without judgment? Then the second question becomes how can I take my power back? You know, usually when we get pissed off, especially when we're 
our buttons are pushed. I use the term trigger very lightly as well. Um, it, it's because we feel powerless. And so for me, compartmentalizing, you know, it's that walking away before I go to the jugular. It's like, nope, this is too much in this moment, putting you in a box, and then I'll pull you back off the shelf. And so I'll, like, I, I use, like, I put those time limits on it. It's like, okay, like, it's nighttime. I don't have any work left. It's quiet. I can, you know, say to whomever may need to hear it, I'm going to, I'm going into the room and I'm going to be there for the next yeah. 20 to 60 minutes. Um, and yeah, I'll like, depending on how painful or powerful, you know, how much I like to say how much energy I have around the situation, because it's not good or bad. It's just a lot. Uh, you know, I'll chip away at it or like, I'll take, de- you know, depending on, on how far past I ran or how far I ran past that boundary, it might be a weekend. It might be reaching out to my people and saying, I know I, I said I could do this and I can't. I had to say no to a lot of things over the last two weeks because I ran way too far past a boundary. Um, so to your point, it's not, it's messy. It's it messy. will show up when it needs to show up. And um, it takes courage to create the space to face that fear and that pain. Yeah. Oh, and I love that you're like so organized about it. So I will right. offer. It looks, I, it's so weird. It looks organized, I guess, to the outside because people are always like, oh, you're so organized. It's like, have you read my emails? Like, yeah, no, I, I <laughs> like our experience of self and what others perceive of our. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, I do keep in my calendar. So not my journal, but in my calendar, I will keep a list of aspects of me that still need my attention that I haven't gotten to yet so I think in that regard uh because I am not one who compartmentalizes I don't know how to I don't have that that's not my skill set mine is it shows up it fucking seizes me I will honor it because I don't want the pain to linger anymore that's just the place of my uh journey that I'm in I don't want to fucking feel this again I'm gonna deal like drop everything it's here cancel everything let's feel it. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm realizing as you're talking, like I get up obscenely early. Um, yeah. What does obscenely mean? I wonder. Five, four, I mean, this morning I was up at four. Uh, Woo! Okay. That is obscene. That's, and, and it's disgusting to me. I can't, I used to go to sleep at that time. I spent most of my life going to sleep then. Um, that's for that time. The reason I do that is so I can get real messy real emotional. Oh, you'd start a day that way? Fuck no. Uh yeah, I mean getting out of bed that early definitely pushes those God dang. Uh but that's, you know, now it's like the those early mornings and I call them my energy stacking activities. Um where it's like, okay, here you are. So we're either like journaling or meditating or pulling some cards. And then we might be getting into some movement. We might be, you know, making some tea and coffee and having a conversation, um, going for a walk, getting outside, you know, depending on like, weather. I, might be taking a shower. <laughs> I actually shower at night. So for me to like take a shower or even a bath in the morning, that's definitely, uh, self-care giving myself that opportunity to process and sort of like nurturing myself into my day. Um, so, and yeah, so I guess like I, I kind of have a series of activities that I'll take myself through if I wake up feeling like 
I can't do this today. Um, and, and then, you know, if I get through seven or eight of them, <laughs> wow. Did then I start moving, shuffling my actual day. Around. Yeah. That's what I was wondering at what point, uh, because I had, I was supposed to be on a sweet little podcast last week with Amy Solara and I couldn't, Yeah, I don't cancel things lightly, but as I sat in that space and I'm like, I am going to hurt myself to try to rise to where I want to show up to be in partnership with her. Like I will hurt myself trying to move that many degrees of energy today. And I tapped out and she's like, I think it was a good call. (laughs) So how do we know when we are supposed to tap out and how do we know when it would feel better to continue to do that? Well, you know, uh, it's just being brave enough to listen. Okay. Sorry. Do you hear that pterodactyl that just came through here? That was rad. Uh, you know, that's on like coach. I always say this coaching 101. Does it feel good or does it feel bad? <laughs> and if you like, yes, there are scary things. Yes, there are things that challenge our ego. Like, every, if you've ever launched anything, it might not, it shows up as feeling bad. But when you dig, it's, it's exciting. It's exhilarating. It's expansive. It's unknown. It's uncertainty, but it's not life threatening. It's not trauma inducing. Um, So, uh, yeah, I had, this is where that, like, I don't explain myself. I know if I get into that story, there's more digging to be done there. And I had, I was meant to be doing a shared webinar with somebody in a different country. We had literally spent the last three months planning it. And I, I came, I had that awareness when I ran way, way, way past that boundary that I'm going to have to say no to things. And it felt good despite Mm you know, the rules or stories I have around that. And so I emailed him and I said, I am both embarrassed and ashamed to be sending this email, but it needs to happen. I'm not going to be able to do our presentation on Wednesday. Thank you for understanding. And have I talked? No. Did he cancel the, you know, all I saw was the meeting come off, the presentation come off the calendar. That was it. So yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of energy around that. Um, And it felt amazing. (laughs) So, you know, well, you and I think what you're way. also showing us yeah. is uh, in the extreme independence that you have cultivated through your beautiful journey. Oh, and I've got a rainbow literally on my ceiling right now, too. So I'm just appreciating uh, how we're so very well supported right now. But your ability to take care of you in that moment, realize the truth of what you needed, regardless of what anyone else thought of you. I think that. Uh, is where a lot of us haven't gotten yet. So does that go back to the selfish energy? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also just, it's like what you said with the podcast, it's not going to serve anyone if I'm showing up half-assed. Half-assed. Okay. So the good news is, is one of my energy stacking activities is connecting with people. Wait, what the fuck does energy stacking mean? Would you just... uh... Because I try not, I, I, so we have an extreme reaction to something. Usually for some of us, it's a feeling for others of us, it's a thought, but our limited human language, especially in English labels that. And so again, like I always use the example of nervous and excited. Um, to me, they physically feel the same. Mm -hmm. My stomach flips, my heart races, my palms get sweaty. Um, my mouth start, you know, so on and so forth. Now I could label that as nervous. And my 
everything that follows will be a result of that container. I can also label it as excited and everything else that follows will be a result of that container. And um, so I, I like to say I have a lot of energy around it because off my first experience is usually overwhelm. That can be a positive or a negative. And so by practicing that languaging, I am giving myself the choice and choice is a huge freedom is like my number one. So I always want choices. It's definitely a bias. So then I can choose the label and then act accordingly. So I call it energy stacking activities because if I'm at the bottom of the energy barrel, I know there's things that I can do to fill up my cup and to fill, you know, to expand that bandwidth once again. Um, and oh, can we just give everybody that as a fucking assignment? Can you tell us uh, how to create that list? Yeah, absolutely. So start with like the things that light you up um, for most of, you know, and, and I also like to caveat with things that are free and you can do in the moment. Um, so journaling is an example, free writing. Uh, I do like I have, this is not my exercise. It's actually from Abraham and Esther Hicks, the focus wheel. Um so just some simple, like I can literally sit anywhere I am and start writing things out to, like I said, sort of stack my energy, getting outside, um, connect, you know, grounding, uh, like that for me is like looking around my immediate space and just smelling, hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, um, talking with people one-on-one, -on -one, like this type of connection totally lights me up. And so mm -hmm. I'm very grateful and aware that with the work that I have chosen, like I can kind of be anywhere and still be able to engage with people one-on-one -on -one cause it, it's like the fastest way for me to, um, expand my energy. Uh, and I think, you know, projector, <laughs> I'm literally vampire siphoning your yep. energy off of you right now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but you know, when I get really, when I'm feeling really fucking sorry for myself, my brain, my ego is telling me you're all alone. There's no one to talk to. No one will get this. You can't talk to anybody about this, like blah, 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 blah. Um, so I've just gotten really good at knowing like, oh, that, that story means I need to call someone. And I actually have like my girls yeah. that I'll text <laughs> who know me well enough yep. to call me back because they know that if I have a moment to text, I have a moment to talk. Oh, um, I don't know. Hold on. Friend note noted over here. Thank you. Oh, well, yeah. You already, that's why we're talking right Great. now. Great. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. I don't ever say these things out loud. I, I am right now. Like it's literally coming to me. Right I love now, that. Um, and can I just put out there for everyone, as you're making these lists, mm. this is one way of staying awake. Like, how do we stay fucking conscious? Well, we do the journaling and often in the journaling, we'll begin to like connect the dots and you get different perspective outside of that feeling and pain. To me, I think whenever I journal, I go into my very masculine for me, like my human experience, very feminine. I'm feeling my way through everything. When I journal, I have to go into more of a brain function so I can extract, like, here's what's happening instead of being so trapped in the emotion of it and the feeling and the pain of it. Well, and thank you. Cause like, I literally keep this list in my journal because journaling is one of my very first sort of three activities. And so if I'm like, fuck that, you know, this isn't going to help, whatever this, again, the story is, I go through that list and I'll like make it, you know, I'll say, if I can get through the first eight things on this list and I don't feel better, guess what? I get to give myself a fucking nap and I get to give myself. A oh my God. Nicole, what do you call this list? 
energy stacking activities. Okay, well, that is not <laughs> as really sexy as I want it to be. Um, <laughs> but it's like, because that's what it is, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually one to create ridiculous names for things, especially using alliteration because I'm a fucking nerd. Oh, um, I love that. But this, this is like the purity of it. Like you lit, like Nicole, you have to go through this one by okay. one. And if you can get through eight, then you get to take a bath or take a nap and then you can try again. And there's no judgment around any of that. Oh but if like, you don't get, you know, if you, if you don't, the first three don't start to get something moving, um, you're exhausted and you, you crossed your boundaries and you need to, you need to. Yeah, you need a time out. Oh, God. And yeah, I just love how you're talking about this because uh, this was my process the other day, right? Like I journaled and I became aware of things. And then I really just like pulled cards with such sincere prayer of like, please be so clear here that I don't get confused. And the response in those cards, like, motherfucker, it was so stupid obvious it was in such direct communication with me from spirit from universe from whatever um and then i did get to that place of there's a boundary that has been crossed and that's that was where i needed to take action that got real scary i needed to set a new boundary that i had never set before yep i call it my invisible line and i don't know i've run past it until i do (laughs) fuck Oh, that's exactly it. Yeah, I didn't know that I messed up so bad back there until I got, uh, I usually have to get pretty deep into it. And it feels pretty overwhelming. And then I start, yeah, I, I, I'm working through a lot of my codependence. I, I put other people's feelings before my own a lot. Yeah, Protecting others. So learning to protect self, I think that's the way I've been working with my inner masculine. Protecting self, that's new. Instead of protecting others. Jeez. How do we stay present in the now? Uh, you tell me and then we'll make a bajillion dollars. Um, <laughs> you know, again, I try and lean into that. Does this feel good? Does this feel bad? Okay. And, uh, and no stories. As- like that's the other thing. There are no yeah. stories that are true right now. All that is true is like, uh, in the, the good and bad, let's just give another feeling on this. To me, there's either like an openness or a contraction. Do I expand when I feel into it or do I go small when I feel into it? True. And I'll add to that, that what I've, what is challenging is that after every expansion is a contraction. Cause if you think of that spiral, oh, fuck. You know, expand into the opening and then you come back around into a closing and you know so it's oh. we create so much more space and knowing in our expansion that the second we see that it scares the shit out of us because there's so much more space and expansion that we don't know how to fill um oh nicole so like how do we how do i stay present uh another so actually i'm going to credit two other people so byron katie has she calls it the work it's her four questions hallelujah the challenge with our thoughts is they feel like beliefs they feel very true and until we practice questioning even our own thoughts um it we don't have that that space and you know she'll start with do i know this to be 100 fact do i know this to be 100 fact in every single situation so thought versus truth, is that essentially what the work is? 
Uh, the work is what, so, so the, the, the first question is, do I know this to be 100% true? The second question is, do I know this to be 100% true in every single scenario? Then the third question is, what would I, who am I without this thought? Woo! What would I do without this thought? And I, I'm sure I butchered it a little bit, but essentially the work is those four questions. And Byron Katie, uh, Australian woman, she was homeless. So her journey, uh, and I don't know much about her, you might know more, but I just want to honor like, this is someone who has come from uh, sincere lack and pain to be self-created in the same way that I uh, perceive our sweet Nicole to be. These things bring us to a place of self-creation and I'm going to choose. And in that choice, we find our power, our path opens to us because it's usually the thing that we want to do most is what the path is. It's not that I have to like fight to do what I want to do. That's already given to us. Oh, so good. Yeah. And I, Byron Katie, I mean, I call her like one of the OGs. She was in the Louise Hay and Martha Beck camp where there are these women who, you know, in the 60s and 70s. We're just like, no, none of that works. And I'm going to figure it out. You know, like Alan Watts, like, no, I'm not, I'm not eating the blue pill. (laughs) I'm unplugging from the matrix. So um, yeah, definitely hats off to that. Uh, You said there were two people. Can we credit the other one? I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, um, so then this is actually much more patriarchal capitalist masculine, (laughs) but Gary Keller, who says, you know, what is the next best thing I can do to make everything else easier or potentially unnecessary. Ooh, say his name again. Gary Keller. So okay. he wrote the book, The One Thing. Okay. Um, and I, what I love about that is for any of us who love to numb with the busy, when we ask ourselves that question, it's usually uh, not any of the work we're pretending like. I need doing. you to say the question again, because I can't rewind you on real life now. What is the next best thing I can do to make everything else easier or potentially unnecessary? Uh, can I say suicide is never the answer to that? <laughs> um, suicide is never the answer to that, just because I know a lot of you guys are really, um, and I didn't mean to make this silly, but fuck this is just kind of who i am suicide about this i had three people call me one in all earnesty on thursday thank you and that was it uh mine was on wednesday and so this wave of uh suicidal depression even if it is not even if there's no chance that you're going to take action on it um that feeling of it we have all had it's never the right answer It never will make anyone else's world better without you in it, please. And if you are truly suicidal where action is feeling like it needs to come in, reach out to somebody because I bet you there's somebody, at least one person who loves you enough who's like, please don't and listen to them. Uh, Because, yeah, I think, Nicole, you and I talked about it that last week. You're like, you're the third or fourth person who has said this to me. It's hard, y'all. But checking out, uh, numbing permanently <laughs> isn't going to fucking do us any favors because we are in cycles of reincarnation. We are evolving as a race of human beings. This is what we showed up for. And what I uh, was playing with last week is we are in the eye of the fucking needle right now. It is so hard right now for everyone. And you will see people 
uh, myself and Nicole included, where we will have great fucking days. I think the energies right now is because we have invested so much in the shadows. I'm hoping it will give us a slight advantage, but it's not. (laughs) We're still in it with you. So instead of comparing yourself, would you instead hear that uh, the efforts that we have put in, the efforts that you put in every day will matter and will get you to a different place? And I don't know why suicide needed to come up, except uh, it's in the collective. Well, and I just to to ping off that yeah um, please oftentimes our efforts can feel futile you know I think a lot of us questioned Mm -hmm. our work because it might not have been considered a necessary vocation in the last six or nine months this work the work you do on yourself for yourself purely for selfish reasons ripples out and if you feel helpless or hopeless know that by giving yourself the strength, the courage, the purpose, you offer that back. And, you know, every thought has an energetic consequence. Every feeling has an energetic consequence. And what we're experiencing now is that consequence, this collective undoing and pain. And again, by you can't fix that, but you can certainly address your own needs And in doing so, you are creating this amazing consequence for the rest of us. And you're actually supporting the collective by starting with yourself. Hallelujah, sister Ong Sa Ong Sa. Well, I don't know another place to go after that, so I'm going to say, Nicole! Um, thanks for being so in the now with when this window opened to us. Where can people find you and how do you want them to find you? My website's probably the best, aptly uh, called NicoleBZ.com. Uh, yeah, that's... you can. And what are you doing that you would love for people to meet you up with right now? Um... That's a great question. I mean, I'm in the middle of a of a course launch, and I'll probably be dripping out um, learnings and and educational opportunities uh, over the next year. But yeah, I mean, I actually I'm on a little bit of a wait list now, but I'm hoping um, that that opens up before the end of the year, so I should have some more one on one opportunities. For Ooh, and would you just tell people? So Nicole does this assessment, this energy assessment. I don't oh, know how yeah, much you want to share, but that tool changed. Uh, yeah, thank you. One session with Nicole changed all of my perspectives on how I was understanding things and gave me permission to wallow. So can you talk about that for a wee little moment? Sure. The, the energy leadership index assessment, uh, what I love about it is it's not one of these fucking bullshit personality Enneagram, five strength that tells you who you are. Because like we've said, you're a million different roles and archetypes and based on a thousand different you know lifetimes of learning. So This assessment helps you see your current energetic stacking, (laughs) how you respond in particular moments and to particular environments and gives you choices. So the only reason we're doing anything ever is to fulfill our needs. And if you're feeling exhausted, triggered, 
powerless, stressed, there are different things to be done than if you're trying to sit down with a group of people and create an offering, um, you know, launch a new product, partner with new businesses. So understanding those energetic frequencies that are available to you and how you already engage your own strategies, we start to see what's available to us so that we can create that the energetic exchange that we desire, meaning we can get what we want. Oh my gosh. Change my life, y'all. It was so, uh, and that it feels like it's been forever that Nicole and I have known each other, but it hasn't even been a year yet. And I was sitting with that and I'm like, it was February. I did that with you in February. Yeah. Um, and that's funny. I didn't realize it had that impact because in the moment it was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. So um, it's always fun to get that feedback. Thank you. Yeah, no, it, uh, it was, it was paradigm shifting because it gave me permission because my tendency is oftentimes, uh, I don't know that I numb in my work because I love what I do. Like really y'all, when I say that, I fucking geek. I, <laughs> I think you probably can feel that. Um, so work is not numbing for me. Work is exhilarating for me. And I would rather feel the exhilaration than the pain. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And um, it's just like, I like it because it's like a ladder, you know, and you can climb so up the ladder, you can climb down the ladder. Um, and when you can see the rungs, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Uh, and then also knowing like, you can't jump up or down a ladder. That's dangerous. So <laughs> just giving you some, uh, some di you know, different tools, different um, frameworks. And that was it. It was, uh, yeah. it was incredibly intuitive for me too. So it was unlike any assessment that I had ever done. It wasn't one of those like, Briggs or you know career assessment bullshit so uh even when Nicole was like I need you to do this assessment I'm like what the fuck have I got myself into uh and it really was so energetic not in an energizing way but it was so intuitive it was so subtle it was so playing with like inner frequency oh yeah I'm, I'm a fan Nicole anything else you want to share my love Oh yeah, I guess I could say like you can also find me on all the social medias. It's NBZ Coaching. Um, um, but any earmarks that we didn't cover that you still have wow. lingering over there? No, I feel pretty pretty complete. Thank you. I will say, y'all, I'm on the Cosmic Mama podcast, and I am pretty fucking excited about that. Uh, <laughs> first, long time listener, first time speaker. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I sit in awe of all of the people who have been on this. And so if this is, for whatever reason, the first time you're catching it, go back through and listen, because there, there have been some uh, amazing activations that I've received. Um, Amanda, no, I'm looking at you. Uh, but yeah, the, every person that Andy, I don't even know how you know all these magical Isn't it cool? events. It's, it's like intimidating, to be honest. Oh, it's um, shush. Well, um, no, it's just. And like, look at me, here I am. Look at you. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's, uh, I am, I think whenever the idea for the podcast came through, there was this sense of, I know incredible people and to be able to connect with them, learn from you guys, sit with you uh, and share you. That's kind of where my little heart came from is like, how come people don't know uh, the people that I love? So it was, it was selfish. Yep. And Nicole, you are uh, high, high on that list, honey. Uh, Nicole, thank you. Can I say not only is she fucking high, high on that list, 
Nicole was invited to share office space with me. My office that for five or six years has been this sacred temple. All of a sudden, spirit was like, ooh, Nicole can work here. Uh, it, it was astounding to me the way that the space uh, shared itself with you. And then your presence has affected the energy there in the most beautiful of ways. It's crazy. Well, I mean, I'm like, I'm here right now. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. So whenever Nicole does videos and I see my office, I'm like, mm, and maybe I don't get to say mine. Maybe it's ours now and I'll work on that languaging next. So y'all be good to yourselves. Thanks, Nicole, for showing us how to do this, for giving us permission to be real messy and um, hopefully the courage to know that the breaking is fucking leading to a victory. It's just an absolute honor to be here. And thank you all so much for sharing your time with us. Bye, babies. Until next time. Uh. Okay, you get why I dig her so much, right? <laughs> Constant inspiration. And she's so rad because she's got all these layers that I don't know yet. But I guess that's really kind of what falling in love with anybody is, right? To discover new things. Can I share? One of the things that's been keeping me sane over here certainly is you guys, but it's also been the Akashic Records initiation. Holding that container and participating in that space. Even people who have taken it two or three times before are saying that this one is really quite different. I know. I don't understand how it happens, but it does. It continues to expand. The depths of it continue to enrich become more alive. So if you've been thinking about it, we can take people through November 14th to join us in the Akashic Records initiation. But you know what? Wherever you're at is the now. That's right. So I also have the dream school going on. That's on for a minute. And if it's really a very different now than my now, well, you can find everything you need over at andymurphy.com. I really do love spending this time with you being able to explore and play and keep our fucking senses about us together. You keep doing you and I'll keep doing me. Till next time, my lovey.